This is the Power Power Podcast. My name is Sarah of Underground Crowds. We hit Bible topics, smash book studies, punch out some songs here and there, and light up his word to strengthen our souls. Thanks for listening. I want to clarify something that I, I put out a video yesterday a Bob Dylan cover um my hands do not match like when you hear it in the song the hands do not match because this is what I'm dealing with I'm dealing with photo booth and iMovie iMovie I is it iMovie yeah iMovie is great for what it is a free app on a computer um also photo booth so what I would have to do is I pull up my recording uh, app, which is, what do I use? Studio One or something. I use Studio One. And then, it's right in front of me. Studio One. And then, first I press hit. Like, I, I press play on the recorder for the photo booth. And then I go over to podcast and press record. Not podcast. The song. And press record. And then I'm playing. So if I screw up, I gotta remember to turn off the photo booth. Or whatever. But anyway, if you know anything about iPhoto, you can't really stack up the videos uh, you'll get messed up really fast. And since I'm not a um, movie person, actually, I've just, I've only done this because I've had to. Um, <laughs> when you're trying to slice and dice and get it all like lined up and in the right place or whatever, and you're trying to make the flow right or whatever, um, I gave up on trying to figure out where I was in the song for the bass and for the mandolin. Like virtually the mandolin, I didn't have to stop at all. But the bass, I know I had to stop um, at least once. So I had like a couple of clips, four minute clips of that and trying to figure out which one's which for the for which part of the song and all of that. Hopefully you figured out what key it's in. But if you're trying to like follow along with what the bass is doing for that part of the song, I'm really sorry. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not at all. Um, I'll try to do better next time, but I promise, promise, promise I was actually playing. What the bummer was, was um, you can see what I was doing on the mandolin. The mandolin is so fun. Right there to play. I got this. Um, it's 100 years old. It was my great-grandfather's mandolin. Um, and it goes out of tune if you breathe on it. Same with my bass. So we we run the we run the ball as soon as we get it semi-tuned. I mean, like uh, 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 okay, we're good. And then we just do it because that's all you're getting. Anyway, let's get started on um, continuing with the life of Abraham. I wanted to read something. Oh man, so I'm gonna have to pause this. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I'm going to pause. Okay. I'm going to read another little excerpt from Oswald Chambers. And speaking of, I just started the book of Esther in this Bible in a year. We are, I'm going to try. My son has a basketball game on, it's a tournament, I think. Those things can go on. Um... But sometimes in the sometime in the evening, I would say around eight o'clock, I'll try to play the first five songs off the Esther podcast project since that concert fell through. And we couldn't find a drummer. 
Anyway, I don't know why I'm actually wearing these um, earphones. What are they? Here we go. Here from Oswald. There are times when we do not know what God's purpose is. No, scratch that. There are times when we do know what God's purpose is, whether we will let the vision be turned into an actual character depends upon us. This is where I got stuck personally. So when I'm having a hard time breathing, um, when God laid out some promises for me, uh, he intended, like we were learning um, in the first part of Abraham, he intended to then embark on a character development journey. And that's where I got swiftly off the train. So I was like, bring on the promises, I'm getting off. Um, and quite like Saul, I didn't really want anything to do with leading anybody. Like, at all. Um, I need a deep breath. Um, so, this is a journey that you're on. And Oswald Chambers is saying you need to let God develop your character. And it depends upon us, not upon God, how we respond to him. If we prefer to lull on the mount and live in the memory of the vision. So God told me this. And then we just can't bow. There we go. I got my deep breath. Um, he, we don't learn what he has intended for us to learn. We, we live in this euphoric place, which I did for a very long time. I enjoyed what I was writing. I enjoyed writing. I enjoyed responses. I enjoyed, I enjoyed, I enjoyed. Um, then when it came to, well, you got to deal with trauma, you got to deal with this. I was like, next. <laughs> no, no, no. Way too painful. We live in memory of the vision. We will not, we will be of no use actually in the ordinary stuff of which human life is made up. So if we're not dealing with trauma, we are affecting people badly. Whether or not we realize it, we are snapping at our kids. You know, we are responding to friction and confrontation or even opposition in a very juvenile way. We see that a lot these days. Um, people can't even have a dialogue about different viewpoints without meltdowns. Um, this is trauma. This is trauma-based. And this, God doesn't want us living like this. God doesn't, God wants us free from this. God doesn't want us carrying around our trauma. He doesn't want us, um, like, spreading out our issues all over the place. Um, this is not what um, we're called to. When he's calling us, he's also calling us to freedom. At this place in front of us where the promises come into fruition, this is a place where we go to in the freedom that's in the spirit. Where the spirit is, there is freedom. So if we think we're going to take our baggage, if we think we're going to take our baggage and our uh, mojo, um, how we've operated for the last 
whatever because it's good enough. Um, it's not happening. And we might be there for a very, very, very long time. God, why aren't you doing the thing? Why aren't you growing? Um, I need another deep breath. We have to learn to live in reliance on what we saw in the vision, not in ecstasies and conscious contemplation of God, but to live in actualities. And we're not going to be able to do that rightly without the Holy Spirit. In the light of the vision until we get to the variable, veritable reality. Every bit of our training is in that direction. Learn to thank God for making known his demands. I was not thanking God for making known his demands. And he was making known his demands through various avenues, through different people, through confrontations, little red flags that were coming around. And I would just get up because I hate drama. I would just dodge it. Dodge the bullet, like Neo. I would just be like, whoa, and ignore it. Ignore it, absolutely. But it wasn't, but God was wanting to make me whole, not make me avoid hard stuff. Not. He wasn't leading me to avoid hard stuff. He was leading me to fit, go through these difficulties. So, here's a difficulty that comes up with Abraham. It dawns upon him that... While he has gotten these promises, there is really no, there is no sign it's coming. So after these things, verse, I mean, chapter 15, we're in the book of Genesis, chapter 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Ab Abram in a vision saying, do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you. Your reward shall be very great. Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me since I am childless? And the, it's, it's heavy upon him. So he's apparently, because we end the last chapter on a, a mountaintop, as it were. Abraham just defeated these five kings. I, I would be high, like living on a high for a good long time. But apparently there's a fear that sets in. Apparently this wasn't Abram's idea. Um, and he started thinking about the conflicts between what God has promised him and what is actually happening. Maybe it's been a couple years. I don't know. Maybe it's been a couple years since those promises were given to him. And like me, they were like, we're like looking at our watches, right? What's going on? What are you going to give me? And God, knowing what Abram was thinking, because none of us know he was thinking, it doesn't say anything. Do not fear, Abram. Has God ever shown up out of nowhere? You haven't even voiced your concerns. And God, just by 
reminding you not to fear, has brought it all up to the front. And Abraham doesn't say, hey, everything's good, everything's good. He doesn't hide what he's thinking about. And this is the great thing about the Lord. He doesn't hide what he's thinking about from the Lord. Some of us try to minimize our difficulties with the promises, our little coins of or uh, nuggets of unbelief that we're carrying along with trying to hold on to this promise. These things that will ultimately derail us. But instead of just shoving that under the carpet, Abram, he's like, yo, I don't think he said yo to the Lord. He said, what will you, what will you give me? But before that, the Lord says, your reward will be very great. These, these little oasises, anyone that's walked with the Lord for any kind of time realizes that it is a struggle to walk with the Lord. And how we teach our kids that it is a struggle to walk with the Lord, I, you know, I could really use some advice on. Because it is not going to church. That is not what I want to communicate to my kids. It is not reading your Bible. That is not walking with the Lord. And if you are walking with the Lord, there are some difficulties walking with the Lord. But when God shows up and says and gives you these breaths of fresh air, these little indicators that you are on the right path. There's nothing that replaces it. There's nothing that replaces it. The worst thing you can do is to forget about them. I don't know how many times I've been, I've been walking on this road ready to get on off. And the Lord is repeating things like this. Don't fear. I'm a shield to you. You're your reward will be great. So whatever Abraham was going through, it was difficult. And he says it, what will you give me since I am childless? We don't really understand that culture. We don't understand. I mean, we're, we have couples now these days that are like, we're never having kids. We're good. Um, or we're having one. Thanks. No, no more. Um, we live in a culture that is very self-consumed. And not very forward thinking. So what it, I live for the day and I consume as much as I uh, can consume. And if anyone or anything gets in the way of that, I get rid of it. And sadly, we have the abortion industry um, as in, indicative of that. And then here we are. We've lived our whole lives for us and then we die. And nothing is passed on. Nothing is, no lineage is given. We have not invested in the future. We have not invested in generations to come. Ooh, I almost knocked over my teeth. That would have been a disaster. I would have had to turn this whole thing, shut it all down. Mm. Anyway, we, where was I? Just the idea. What was I saying, yo? Oh, not investing in anything in the future, but in this culture, 
They were very mindful of what was ahead, very mindful of having a lineage, very mindful of having offspring. This was where you found your dignity. I mean, what kind of dignity do you possess if you cannot pass it on? Think about this for a second. Think about this for a second. Is your character, is what you accomplished, is it whatever it is that you're, you're saying defines you? What is it if it's not able to be passed on? It's not really anything. But Abraham is mindful that it all falls off after him. And this is what he says. I'm childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And in, in essence, he's saying this. This joker gets everything. I'm in no way related. The only relation we have is that he's born in my house. So he's some kind of a, a servant or, or something. Basically, it all ends with me. That's it. No more. No mas. And Abraham, Abram said, since you have given no offspring to me, one born in my house is my heir. Speaking of this guy, Eliezer of Damascus. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man will not be your heir. And this, my friends, is what it means to hold on to promises when God doesn't give you specifics. All he says is this man's not going to be your heir. What does he say next? But one who will come forth from your own body. That's specific. But it doesn't say when. Abram's already old. It doesn't say start decorating the baby room. It doesn't say now go get it on. Sorry if that was too crass for everybody. Doesn't we're, we're so locked into time that we're like, Lord, okay, you, you mentioned that. He's got, Lord's, Lord's taking it down a, a, another notch or deepening it another notch. Because remember what he said in um, chapter 12, the first part. The Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land from what the land which I will show you and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I'll make your name great and so you'll be a blessing and I will bless those that bless you. So this is all in line with this idea of, of leaving, behi leaving behind us something tangible, something, I mean, not, necess not necessarily monetar monetary wealth, but it can be. I mean, why not? But a lineage that's respectable, a lineage that can be pointed to, a lineage that um, that people remember. And so at that time, maybe a few years, somebody's got this chronology down. Abram's like, all right, I get one, I'm a, you know, he's probably thinking, okay, God's gonna do this thing, God's gonna do this thing now, and he tries to stay up on the mountaintops, and then God's silent. And so he wanders off to Egypt because there's a famine. 
And then he skipped a few things, fights these kings. He's at a he's at a at the peak again, where he's he's honored by the man of God, and then he crashes. And it's dawning upon him. Well, maybe there's nothing here. I've done these things. I'm ready to pass off this lineage. I'm ready for people to remember who I am within my family. I'm ready for this. And it's not there. Who am I? I'm not, I don't have any grandkids to tell about the five kings that I just defeated. I got this joker from Damascus. He didn't care. And he's really bringing his heart before God. This should not be overlooked. And God takes him a step deeper. And he reiterates, even in a deeper level, but no specifics as to when. And so it's a step further in faith. Abraham's already thought, okay, I guess this is all going to Joker from Damascus. And God says, no. Your seed is coming from your body. This person is coming from your body. He will be your heir. For Abram, this must have been equally wonderful and equally confusing. And as our spirit stretches and, and shifts away from our flesh, there is going to be this space where it just is not able to be reconciled, the flesh and the spirit. And we are going to have to choose in that moment to invest in what the spirit is saying and forsake what our flesh wants, what our flesh has already figured out, this guy's gonna get it. What our flesh has designed, what our flesh has built up, what our flesh has risen up to say against our God. Peace out. Again, thanks for listening. Catch the next part of this series, usually Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. You can also find Underground Crowds on Twitter, Patreon, Bandcamp, or undergroundcrowds.com.